for today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. Today is Monday, May 15th, and I hope you had a great Mother's Day celebration we did at uh, First Baptist Texarkana as we celebrated moms, as we had parent-baby dedication, and we had, uh, I think, 10 families and uh, 11 kids that were dedicated to the Lord. It's always a special and wonderful time when we do that. So I want to talk to, to you today about the issues that should concern us. And I want to look at it from the perspective of the Gen Zers. You know, Gen Z, we have all these different um, classifications of generations, the greatest generation, 1901 to 1927. Then it was the silent generation, 1928 to 1945. Then it was the baby boomer generation, 1946 to 1964, I believe. Then Gen X, 65 to 80 from this one source I got, and then the millenniums, uh, millennials, 1981 to 1996, and then Gen Zers, 1996 to this one said 2010, and then you have Generation Alpha, 2010 and beyond. But uh, the Generation Alpha is still pretty young, so I want to look at the young people under 30, Generation Z. And I found an article, very, very interesting article by Affinity Magazine uh, from April 24, 2021. It said the five most serious challenges faced by Gen Z. And so here's, uh, here's the scriptural heading. The sons of Issachar, 1 Chronicles 12, 32. They understood the times and what Israel should do. Uh, we need to be people who understand the times, and we need to understand what we should do as people of our generation, of, as people of uh, our communities. And so, Americans, yeah, that's primarily who's listening today. What should America do? Well, let's understand the times together. So, in this Affinity Magazine article, it says the five most serious challenges faced by Gen Z, people born after 1996, they named uh, number one social media. Now, Gen Zers are the first generation to grow up on social media, and they easily can become addicted to social media to live and die by likes and, and uh, comments and retweets and all that kind of stuff, spend a ton of time on their phones. Now, that's true for all of us. Uh, you don't have to be a Gen Zer to spend a lot of time on your phone, and the phone can easily become an idol in our lives. I t talked about the second commandment yesterday uh, as I preached at First Baptist Texarkana and going through a series on the Ten Commandments. So we did the first one, uh, God alone is what I called that sermon, you shall have no other gods before me. And then the second commandment on idolatry and divine divine jealousy because the Lord says, don't make any idols, don't worship them or serve them. Why? Because I'm a jealous God, the Lord says, and uh, I will visit uh, the iniquity 
uh, of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but I show loving kindness to the to a thousand generations to those who love me and obey my commandments. And I said how it's easy for the uh, for us to look at carved idols and we say, well, we don't do that anymore like they did, you know, those those people back in ancient times. They would bow down to some carved image. They'd bow down to some statue, some idol. We don't do that today. We we've kind of whipped idolatry. Well, no, we haven't. First John chapter five, verse 21, little children, guard yourselves from idols. We easily uh, can, can uh, get idols in our lives. I believe it was John Calvin who said the human heart is an idol factory. We just are made to worship. And if we're not worshiping the true God in the right way, we're going to worship some false god, or we're going to worship uh, the true God, but worship in a wrong way, as Cain did in Genesis chapter 4. Worship the true God, but worshiped in a way that God had no regard for Cain and his offering. And so we have to worship the true God the true way. But here's the problem. There are rivals to the throne in our hearts. The Lord is supposed to sit on the throne, but we have rivals, and the uh, smartphone can easily become, become a rival. It, it can become something that just uh, takes up all our time, all our energy, and uh, it can cause us a lot of consternation. You know, an, an idol, as I shared in the sermon yesterday, I have ran across this um, this quote. I thought it was a great quote. What is an idol? An idol is anything we depend upon to meet the deepest needs of our heart. And what are those deepest needs? Love, security, worth, and significance. And so for many people, especially for the Gen Zers, uh, social media on their phones becomes the place where they find love and self-worth and acceptance all those things, it becomes an idol. And so this was listed. Addicted to social media is a big problem for Gen Zers. It's a big problem for all of us, I would say. Uh, second big issue on their radar screen, climate change. Uh, this one just blows my mind, but but the, the Gen Zers are believing all the hype and all the uh, promotion of climate change. And as uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said in 2019, the world is ending in 12 years. How in the world she came up with that, who knows? I think she just pulled that out of the air. And so she said that four years ago. So we have eight years left. Uh, I would not trust AOC for really anything. Uh, she is not the sharpest knife in the drawer, uh, to be kind. And so this idea of climate change, God controls the climate. Uh, people are, are fearful over something so stupid. I've said before, don't fear climate change. Fear the God who controls the climate. As the Lord Jesus said, don't fear who, him who is able to destroy the body, but fear him who is able to destroy both the body and the soul in hell. I remember when my oldest daughter, Jill, was just a, a little kid, just five, six years old, seven, uh, yeah, about five or six, we would pray at night, and uh, she, was, she was deathly afraid of bees because she had gotten stung by a bee one day, and so she would, uh, Dad, pray about the bees. 
I was like, well, why am I praying about bees? And then she got afraid of power lines. Dad, pray about power lines that they wouldn't attack us. I said, you don't need to worry about power lines or bees. Uh, she said, Dad, are there any bees in the house? I said, no, there are no bees in the house. And so uh, that's an unfounded fear. It's like uh, fearing the zombie apocalypse. Well, that's not going to happen. So uh that's just a that's an unfounded fear that's a ridiculous fear uh that's that's fearing uh you know bigfoot is going to come to your house uh tonight it's just not going to happen so but that's a big fear for them for the gen zers climate change uh it, it, when you know the word of god uh, read the word of god trust the word of god you're not afraid of climate change number 3 social justice that's a big issue for them uh, the, the mantra, no justice, no peace. Uh, you know, people that are on the, the social justice train, I've always uh, thought it very um, ironic and contradictory when you're fighting for social justice as you're burning down people's businesses uh, who have nothing to do with your, with your beef and with your issue. Uh, you're being totally unjust to them as you say, I'm fighting for social justice. You know, in the Bible, there's just justice. You never put an adjective on justice. There's just justice. And so I, I have said before on this program, I'll say it again, we need to get back to the dream of Martin Luther King, that his four little children would be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And that is justice when you judge everybody based on the content of his or her character. But that's a big one for Gen Zers, this social justice. Uh, in one report, they said 18% listed discrimination as one of the main issues they face. Okay. How about this one? This one surprised me. Number four, this is the, the, uh, Five most serious challenges faced by Gen Z, according to Affinity Magazine. Number four, online gambling. I was pretty shocked by that one. But if you grow up and you are the generation that, that grows up with a, with a smartphone in your hand and everything is Internet related, uh, I grew up, I'm, I'm part of the baby boomer generation, so we didn't have that stuff. And we played outside and... And uh, as my friend Charles Lowry said, you know, there, there were two places to go. You were inside or outside. And where did your uh, parents want you to go as a kid, especially in the summertime? Go outside, play outside, or come inside and read a book. Well, we didn't want to do that, so we were outside. Well, the Gen Zers, uh, they spend so much time on their phone, it's easy, it's easy for them to get uh to get uh, hooked up into online gambling, and uh, that starts to uh, just consume their lives. And, you know, gambling is one of those things. There are certain sins that are, as the Lord said to Cain, behold, sin is crouching at the door and its desires for you, yet you must master it. There are certain things if you let into your life uh, gambling is one. Uh, alcohol is another. Pornography, another. You let that in, and uh, all of a sudden you have a 500-pound gorilla in, on your back, and you thought, well, I, I just, uh, you know, was playing around with this. Well, uh, you know, the old proverb says, 
first the man takes the drink, then the drink takes the drink, then the drink takes the man. And that easily happens. So online gambling, a big, big problem for the Gen Zers, according to this report from Affinity Magazine. And then the last one is mental health. Mental health. Gen Zers feeling a lot of stress. Uh, they're the most depressed generation, according to reports. And uh, they, they're, they're fearing the end of the world. They're listening to uh, AOC. Hey, there's only eight years left. And, uh, you know, if we don't do this, that, and the other, it's, it's all going to fall apart. And so they're stressed out. Um, you know, I like what, uh, what Jordan Peterson said. He got, he got a, attacked for this in, in one Q&A. I saw this girl. Uh, was getting after him about, well, you just tell people to make your bed. We have big issues we're facing in life. And, and the answer is not just go make your bed. Here was his response to that. He said, listen, he said, I see in younger people this desire to fix the world. Uh, when your own life is a shambles, he said, let's not start with fixing the world. Let's start with fixing your own life. And maybe that starts with one simple step of making your bed. You know, start small. If you can't run a lemonade stand, uh, you're not ready to be the CEO of Amazon or of the Exxon Corporation. You know, let's not try and fix all the intricate problems in the world. Why don't you just start with yourself? Um, you know, if you get your own house in order, then things start falling into place. And so mental health is a big one. And what, what does the Bible have to say about that? Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to the Lord. As he said to Martha, who was worried and bothered about so many things, Martha, Martha repeated her name. You are worried and bothered about so many things, but only a few things are necessary, really only one. For Mary, your sister, has chosen the good part. She chose to sit at my feet and to listen to my word. And she's experiencing peace, the peace of God. And you're experiencing stress. And so when you're stressed, and you're, you say, my mental health is, is really on the line here. You need to come to Jesus because he is the Prince of Peace. And he will give you rest and he will give you peace and he will set your life in order. Well, you're listening to Real Truth for Today and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is heard every weekday at 6 p.m. Central Time right here on American Family Radio. And when we come back, we're gonna hear from Paul Washer, a very sobering message of the things that we should be concerned about. Don't go away. You get the soil ready. You put the seeds in and then you water it. How do you plant a garden? I don't know. You pray that God will give you a good harvest. Then you have to work it to get all the weeds away. And then God brings the plants. Planting a garden takes planning, hard work, and God's blessing. 
So does creating a lasting legacy for the people and charities that mean the most to you. The AFA Foundation is here to help you sow the financial seeds God has blessed you with in order for them to blossom for generations to come. We do this by offering free consultation and assistance in the areas of charitable gift annuities, estate planning, will and trust planning, and bequests. To learn more, call 800-326-4543, extension 345. 800-326-4543, extension 345, or visit afafoundation.net. The Bachelor of Arts in Christian Ministry at Wesley Biblical Seminary is the perfect opportunity to prepare for God's calling on your life. It's easy to make excuses why you can't pursue what God has called you to do, but this program removes those barriers, flexible class options, an affordable cost, and highly trusted professors. WBS is the school for you, and now is the time to take a next step and prepare for God's calling on your life. Learn more at wbs.edu. That's wbs.edu. The loss of a child through an abortion affects the emotional health of families. Feelings of anger, sadness, and regret can be overwhelming, but there is hope and healing in the aftermath. Call the International Helpline at 866-482-LIFE to talk with someone who has been where you are and healed to help others. Your call is confidential. 866-482-LIFE. Here's Ellis Craft of Reach a Village Ministries. Olga's neighbors shared Jesus with her as a child. Her father became a Christian first, but she refused to believe. Everything changed for her when the Ukraine war came to her doorstep in 2022. The fear of death and uncertainty of eternity overwhelmed her, and she finally asked God to forgive her sins and save her. Your gift will be double today to help reach children like Olga. We need some large gifts here at the end of the campaign to reach our goal of 60,000 children reached. $100 will reach 200 children. $500 would reach 1,000 children. To give, I want you to go to reachavillage.org or call 833-7-REACH-7. Again, to call Reach a Village, I want you to call 833-7-REACH-7. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. We're talking about the issues that should concern us. And as we shared in the last segment, uh, the report by Affinity Magazine talked about what young people, Generation Z uh, people are concerned about and fearing uh, social media, climate change, social justice, online gambling, and mental health. The top five serious challenges faced by the the Gen Zers, people born after 1996. Well, what should we be concerned about? And I said from First Chronicles 1232, uh, the sons of Issachar, we don't hear a lot about the sons of Issachar, but we do get this little gem. Uh, They were men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. And so it is imperative for us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ to understand the times. That's one thing. So you got to keep abreast of what's going on in our culture, understand the times, and then know the Word of God so we know what we should do. 
uh, know what Israel should do. Well, we're not Israelites, but we are Americans. To know what Americans should do and to know what people need to do in this day and age, in these last days in which we live, the last days as we await the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what should we be concerned about? Uh, We should be concerned about offending the King of kings and Lord of lords. Uh, Jesus told a parable in Matthew chapter 21, the parable of the landowner. If you remember that parable, he said, uh, he said, there was a landowner who planted a vineyard and put a wall around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and rented it out to vine growers and went on a journey. When the harvest time approached, he sent his slaves to the vine growers to receive his produce. The vine growers took his slaves and beat one and killed another and stoned a third. And he sent another group of slaves larger than them first, and they did the same thing to them. But afterward, he sent his son to them, saying, they will respect my son. But when the vine growers saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. They took him, threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those vine growers? They said to him, he will bring those wretches to a wretched end and will rent out the vineyard to other vine growers who will pay him the proceeds at the proper seasons. Jesus said to them, did you never read the scripture, the stone which the builders rejected? This became the chief's cornerstone. This came about from the Lord and it is marvelous in our eyes. Now, Jesus said that parable to the religious leaders. They knew that he was speaking about them. But the principle is there. Uh, We spurn God and spurn God and spurn God. And what happens? Well, the Lord is offended by our spurning, by our sin. He says in the book of Romans, all day long, I've stretched out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. And one day there is going to be a day of reckoning. You know, uh, the Apostle Paul said in Acts chapter 17, verse 31, God is now declaring that all men everywhere should repent for he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. He is going to judge the world in righteousness. In righteousness, he judges, it says in the book of Revelation, and wages war. Uh, Psalm 50, the Lord says, you thought I was just like you. I'm not. I will state the case before your eyes. Now, listen, as it says in Scripture, to you who forget God, who have forgotten God and who forget God, uh, It's not going to go well for you when the Lord returns because God is a holy God. He says this, Psalm 50 verse 22, Now consider this, you who forget God, or I will tear you in pieces and there will be none to deliver. Uh, it's It's a terrifying thing, as the scripture says, to fall into the hands of the living God. And so we need to be uh, concerned about offending the king. We need to remember that it is a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. We need to be concerned, very concerned about the day of the Lord, uh, the tribulation period. Now, I believe in my eschatology, the study of end times, I believe that the next uh, event on God's prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. 
I do not believe the church goes through the great tribulation. The tribulation period begins seven years. The great tribulation is the last three and a half years of that. I just don't think the church goes through that because that is the time where the wrath of God is poured out upon Christ-rejecting unbelievers. And the church is not a Christ-rejecting unbeliever. The church is the bride of Christ. And as my friend uh, Ed Heinsohn says, it doesn't make sense for God to uh, pour out his wrath on the church when there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The church is the bride of Christ, and it wouldn't make sense for the Lord to beat up his bride before he comes again. And so I believe that the rapture is coming. And for the Gen Zers and those who don't have the Lord on uh, their radar screen, they need to be very concerned about missing the rapture and going through the tribulation period. Uh, the Bible says that in Revelation chapter 6, it talks about the, the beginning of the tribulation period, the breaking of the seven seals. Now, God's wrath comes in threes. You have uh, seven seals, number one, seven trumpets of wrath, number two, and number three, seven bowls of wrath. So it's three sevens. And uh, it says in Revelation 6, when things are all falling apart, you talk about climate change. He says, I looked when he broke the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair and the whole moon became like blood and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree casts its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind. The sky was split apart like a scroll when it is rolled up and every mountain and island were removed were moved out of their places. Then the kings of the earth and the great men and the commanders and the rich and the strong and every slave and free man hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of their wrath has come and who is able to stand. Hey, we need to be concerned about that need to be concerned if you're not right with the Lord, if you don't know the Lord, because if you miss the rapture, this is what awaits you. And we need to be concerned about barking up the wrong tree, uh, making the cares of this godless generation our cares. Hey, the gospel is totally foreign to the ways of the world. I, I told our guys Thursday at our uh, weekly luncheon for men called Man Up, I said, listen, a Christian is a twice-born person living in a world of once-born people. We are, our business, only business in the world, the Lord saves us out of this world and he sends us back to this world to be a witness in this world, and that's our only business in the world, really, when you boil it down. And so we're speaking to people who are blind in sin, and we're sharing the light with them and pointing the way to Jesus. And Jesus said, uh, this is the, the uh, message that light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds are evil. Let me get this right. I was going off memory on that. But... Uh, so he said, God didn't send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. It says, he who believes in him is not judged, but he who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment, that light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light 
and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. We share, we shine the light and we share the light and people will respond or they'll reject. And the people of this world will hate the light. They don't want their deeds exposed, but others will be convicted by the Holy Spirit and respond to the Lord Jesus and cry out in repentance and faith and be saved. And so we need to make sure that we are doing the things that God has called us to do. You shall be my witnesses, Jesus said, and that we're shining and sharing and we're not getting all involved and missing and losing sight of the main thing. We're getting all involved and wrapped up in the concerns of this world rather than the concerns of Christ and our mission here on this world. Well, I um, ran across uh, again uh, on Twitter uh, a message that was given by Paul Washer, evangelist Paul Washer, who was a missionary to Peru for 10 years. I came to know Christ uh, as I was reading his bio at the University of Texas when he was a college student. And uh, he is a a very uh, outspoken uh, evangelist. He tells it like it is. He doesn't try and sugarcoat his words. He was asked about 14 years ago at a conference. He was sitting on a panel, and somebody asked him a very poignant question about uh, what we need to be concerned about, what the future holds. And uh, this is his sobering response. The church in America is going to suffer so terribly. And we laugh now, but they will come after us. They will come after our children. They will close the net around us while we are playing soccer mom and soccer dad, while we are arguing over so many little things and mesmerized by so many trinkets. The net even now is closing around you and your children and your grandchildren, and it does not cause you to fear. You will be isolated from society, as has already happened. Anyone who tries to run for office who actually believes the Bible will be considered a lunatic until finally we are silenced. We will be called things that we're not and persecuted not for being followers of Christ, but for being radical fundamentalists who do not know the true way of Christ, which of course is love and tolerance. You'll go down as the greatest bigots and haters of mankind in history. They've already come after your children, and for most of you, they got them. They got them through the public schools and indoctrination and the university and indoctrination, and then you wonder why your children come out not serving the Lord. It's because you fed them right into the devil's mouth. So little by little, the net is closing around, and then it's not little by little. Look how fast things are going downhill just in a matter of weeks matter of weeks. But at the same time, know this. Persecution is always meant for evil, but God always means it for good. And is it not better to suffer in this life to have an extra weight of glory in heaven? You must settle this in your mind. This is the one thing I want to say over and over. Do not believe. Down through history, you have a wrong idea of martyrdom and persecution. You think that these men were persecuted and martyred for their sincere faith in Jesus Christ. That was the real reason, but no one heard that publicly. They were martyred and they were persecuted as enemies of the state. 
as child molesters, as bigots, as narrow-minded, stupid people who had fallen for a ruse and can contribute nothing to society. Your suffering will not be noble. So your mind must be filled with the Word of God when all people persecute you and turn on you. And if the Spirit of God and common grace pulls back and you see even your children and your grandchildren tossing in the lot that you should die. This is no game. You want revival and awakening, but know this. For the most part, great awakenings have come only preceding great national catastrophes or the persecution of the church. I believe God is bringing a great awakening, but I believe that he is raising up young men who are strong in trust in the providence of God to be able to wade through the hell that's going to break loose on us. And it will be on us before we even recognize it. Unless, unless in God's providence, he is not done. He is not done. Now note, this is, this is not silly talk. Apart from a great awakening, these things are going to come upon you. Be ready to lose your homes, your cars, and everything. That was from Paul Washer from about 14 years ago when he was at a conference, Paul Washer the Evangelist. And uh, not, uh, not a feel-good message by any stretch of the imagination, a very sobering message, but I think a very truthful message. Jesus said, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own, but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. And he said, remember the word I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. And so we just need to go uh, to know going into it, hey, I, we are soldiers in the Lord's army. As Paul told young Timothy, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Now, in America, we have not experienced the persecution they've experienced in other parts of the world, but that is uh, quickly ending. And, uh, you know, they will slander you. They will uh, say all manners, manner of evil against you falsely, as Jesus said. Uh, that's okay. That, that's what they did to the false prophets. Some people say, well, that doesn't matter. You know, if you can't take a little uh, bad publicity, you're just a wimp. Hey, it hurts. You know, we have that old expression, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. Words do hurt. And when people come at you and verbally rip you to shreds, those things hurt. But we need to stand up and be faithful to the Lord because the coming of the Lord is near. And uh, I don't believe Paul Washer believes in a pre-tribulation rapture. I sure do. But I do think it's going to get difficult before the Lord comes. In the last days, difficult times will come, Paul said to Timothy. Well, when we come back, we'll be taking your calls, 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. I'd love to talk to you about these things, about the things that we should be concerned about, the things that Gen Zers are concerned about, the things we should be concerned about, and what Paul Washer just said. And so we're going to take a break, but we'll be right back. Don't go away.
Hi, I'm Kirby Anderson, president of Probe Ministries and host of the Point of View radio program. You've probably noticed that many young Christians leave the church after they graduate, but they don't have to graduate from God. That's why I want to invite your children and grandchildren to attend the Probe Mind Games Camp in Texas. We prepare them for college and their entry into a world that will challenge their faith. This one-week camp includes lectures, role play, along with some great fun. It will take place June 18th to the 24th. Go to probe.org for more information. Hi, I'm Dr. Jessica Peck, host of the Dr. Nurse Mama Show, the home of happy parents and healthy teens on AFR.net. I serve as your expert guide to engage, equip, encourage, and empower you to navigate life's toughest issues with your teens. We explore health impacts and home strategies to create a safe space in an unsafe world. The Dr. Nurse Mama Show on AFR.net. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan, double MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. My wife's aunt passed away and we received a, a considerable inheritance from that. We heard on American Family Radio about the opportunity to participate in a charitable gift annuity. We talked to the people at AFA Foundation, uh, Riley, Chelsea, and, and their crew that they work with, and they were very uh, caring, uh, very easy to work with, and with no pressure whatsoever. They guided us through the process and made it a very easy thing to do. See if a charitable gift annuity is right for you. Call the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. What excites us about the charitable gift annuity is we will always have income coming in. It will be steady. Uh, we won't outlive it. The AFA Foundation, the Financial Stewardship Division of the American Family Association. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. Pastor Jeff Shreve here. We've been talking about the issues that should concern us. We said, what are young people concerned about today? And what do we need to be concerned about today as Christians? And we had shared the famous verse about the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times and what Israel should do. We need to understand the times as Christians. We need to be abreast of what's going on around us. And then we need to know what 
we need to do, what our families need to do, what our churches need to do, what America needs to do, and especially in the Christian community, what the Christian community needs to do. As I had have told uh, my deacons, as I've told uh, the church, when you see what's going on in big cities, uh, we live in a relatively small town. Texarkana is about 65,000, Twin City, Texarkana, Texas, Texarkana, Arkansas. And, uh, you know, 65,000 isn't super small, but compared to Dallas or Houston, uh, it's, it's small. Uh, but this is, this, all this stuff is coming to a theater near you. It, it doesn't just stay in the big cities. It doesn't just stay in Detroit, in San Francisco, in LA. It's coming here and uh, even to rural America. And so we need to be ready for it. And the Apostle Paul told Timothy, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. The word difficult can be translated hard, rugged, ferocious, furious, hard to bear, violent. Those are the, the, the times, the difficult times that uh, are associated and, and come with the last days. We are living in the last days. If if Timothy was living in the last days, the last days started when Jesus ascended to heaven and uh, they continue until he comes back again. Well, he was in the beginning of the last days. We're in the end, the last of the last days for men will be lovers of self. We see that everywhere. So narcissistic lovers of money. The love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. The Bible says, and men are lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, gossips without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than love of, lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. And Paul says, avoid such men as these. Well, that's the world in which we live today in these last days, and they are difficult times indeed, and they're going to get increasingly more difficult as you stand up for Jesus as a good soldier, as you shine and as you share, the world will hate you. But here's the good news. God will be so pleased. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Well, we're going to the phone lines. The number to call is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. I'd love to take your call and uh, hear your comments or uh, answer your question. And so we have Henry on the line from Kentucky. Henry, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Thank you, Pastor Shreves. I appreciate your service. Thank you. In Ecclesiastes 1.4, it says one generation pass away and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. And I don't know what world that uh, Alexandria Cortez is talking about, <laughs> but everybody's world is going to come to an end if pass, and then they're going to be of the eternal world, of the eternal and over in First uh, Thessalonians four seventeen, uh, that that I don't see anything in there about a rapture. That word is not even in the Bible, as far as I know. And over in Isaiah fifty seven twenty one, it says that the godly. Let me see fifty seven one and two. It says that the godly and the kind people 
will be taken away from the evil to come. Mm-hmm. And and again, thanks a lot. All right. Well, thank you, Henry, for that. Uh, well, you're exactly right. The, the word rapture is not in the Bible, but the word uh, to snatch away is in the Bible. And that uh, the word rapture comes from the Latin as they translated uh, the scripture from from Greek into Latin. That's where we get the word rapture from. But it's the catching away of the saints. And so the classic rapture passage is uh, is first Thessalonians chapter four. And so the, the scripture says that the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and that. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. That's the word, caught up. That's where we get rapture. Caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. The rapture is a very comforting thing for the people of God. And the big question for those who who uh, have trouble with the rapture, it's like, okay, 1 Thessalonians 4 is going to occur sometime. You can't just write it out of the Bible because it's in the Scripture. Uh, Jesus said in John chapter 14, uh, believe in God, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many uh, dwelling places, not mansions, but dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Well, when does that take place? Because we know at the return of Christ, we don't go somewhere with Jesus. He comes down to earth, Revelation chapter 19. He sets his feet on the Mount of Olives. He does battle with the Antichrist, which is a short battle. He just speaks a word and kills them all. But uh, there is the, the destruction of the Antichrist and his forces and the setting up of the Lord's kingdom, Revelation chapter 20. Uh, speaks of the thousand-year reign of the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is coming. And so uh, it, it just fits in my mind uh, that, and in, in good people can disagree, and people that believe the Bible uh, from cover to cover, we can disagree on the uh some of the specifics about the eschatology. We know the Lord is coming again, and we know 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is something that's going to happen. The big question is, where does it happen? Does it happen before the tribulation? Does it happen in the middle of the tribulation? Does it happen at the end of the tribulation? Well, as I read the scripture, I think it happens before uh, the tribulation period, before the revealing of Antichrist. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 uh, seems to indicate that also. And it fits in well, and it is a great comfort to know uh, that the Lord is going to take us out of here before uh, the, the day of his wrath, a time of Jacob's trouble. But I appreciate you calling in, Henry. I appreciate you sharing your thoughts. Well, we have Scott on the line from Mississippi. Scott, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Morning, Pastor Jeff. I hope Miss Debbie had a great Mother's Day yesterday. Yeah, me too. I think she did. <clears throat> The um, burden I'm thinking about this morning is kind of reminding me of Job's account and as well as Jesus when he was asked who his family was and talking about uh, forsaken or the word hate was often used, hating your 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 own family. Uh, how 
in discernment, in the way of discernment, how would you balance since Satan is doing like they used to, like we used to see on National Geographic when animals prey on other weak animals? The, the roaring lion does prowl around like a roaring lion, seeking who he's to devour, and most of those are our kids. Mm-hmm. How do you work on strengthening your family, protecting your family uh, in those end times when you're called to uh, be that person that God wants to use? Um, Maybe uh, some outside the family to really, um, you know, really get the attention of of the community and uh, and, and spread the gospel. And um, you know, you're going to be there. There's persecution waiting on all sides. And how do you balance uh, the family relationship that you want to strengthen? But yet, there might be those wayward people in your family too um, that you know cost cost you not to being exactly where God wants you if, uh, you know, you put all your time and attention on trying to hold your family together, so to speak. So just wondering what you thought about that. And with Job, Job showed the great uh, exercise of faith and uh, um, uh, holding holding firm when everything else seemed to be falling apart. Yeah. Good question, Scott. Thank you for calling in with that. Well, I think there is a balance. I think we have to teach our, our kids, and just as, as I feel compelled to uh, to share with the church, uh, we need to teach our kids that uh, we are soldiers in the Lord's army, and uh, the, the Christian life is not a playground, it's a battleground. And so... Um, so when when a soldier goes to war, he knows this isn't going to be easy. This isn't going to be comfortable necessarily. Uh, if I'm in a foxhole, it's it's not a day at the beach, and so it's going to be tough for the Christian who really shines, who really shares. But uh, as Jesus said, in the world you have tribulation, John sixteen thirty three. But be of good courage; I have overcome the world. So we have to always connect our kids. Hey, we get all our strength. We get our marching orders from the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is our peace, and he, uh, as we abide in him, we can't do apart from him, we can do nothing, so we abide in him, and he gives us the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control against such things there is no law, and, and we're on this earth to be his witnesses. Now, at the same time, Paul said uh, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, <laughs> and attend to your own business and work with your hands just as we commanded you so that you may be, may behave properly toward outsiders and not be in need. And so we need to be working as if, um, you know, as the old expression goes, you trust God because it all depends on him, but you work like it all depends on you. So those things are, are working together. And we just teach our kids that, uh, hey, the Lord will never forsake us. He's with us always. So we trust him, but we have to be faithful to him. And we live in a world that is against the Lord. It's against uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's against his word. We're living in a Romans 1, 18 through 32 world. And so that balance that we love people, but we speak the truth in love. And we have to do that. And we have to stand up for what is right and just trust God with the consequences. I love what uh, Charles Stanley, his really his life message, uh, obey God and leave the consequences with him. 
Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. So I appreciate that, Scott. God bless you, my brother, and thank you for that question. We have Elvira on the line from Texas. Elvira, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm yes. excited when you talk about the return of the Lord, because we know the Lord's going to return. And, and I'm like you. Scripture evidence proves that the church will not go through the tribulation period. The tribulation period is named Jacob's trouble. It identifies who the trouble will be and to whom it would be. But I wanted to speak to this church because we speak to our church often. Um, America is in deep trouble. It's not a little trouble. We have torn down every firewall that we've had. We moved prayer in 62, Bible in 63, went away, took the Coxell laws away in 65, abortion in, in 72, and then we changed marriage in, in 2015. So we, we, we have torn down every fabric of our obedience towards God in this nation. And I'm of the thought that the Lord is going to save Americans and not America. But however, in doing that, we we have to cry out for mercy. And this is going to be hard for the church because we're really, in a sense, angry at the, the display of wickedness. We're kind of like Lot, where this vex with vexation. Mm-hmm. And so... But God wants mercy. He always wants an excuse to extend mercy. But the mercy is not to extend the time for us to do more wickedness. The mercy is for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit so the hearts of men and women can at least see through this darkness, this gross darkness, and bow their knee and their heart and return back to Him. And that's the job of the church. That's where we come in. Our war is the darkness. Our weapon is to shed the light. That's what we were given, salt and light. And so I thank God. We have a small reprieve of time, I believe, before the Lord returned. If we gauge Israel to celebrate his 60th and 75th birthday, and we understand what the Lord said concerning this generation will not pass away until all these things come to pass. And so I'm excited for the church, but I'm heavily burdened for the church not knowing what to do in its time of need. Mm. Man, that's, uh, Elvira, I'd just say amen to that. I think uh, you put it uh, in great terms, and I agree with you. Uh, well said. And so we need to uh, we need to sound the alarm. We're watchmen on the wall from the book of Ezekiel. God, you know, son of man, I placed you as a watchman on the wall. And we need to stand in the gap, uh, Ezekiel 23, for the land that God wouldn't destroy it. And uh, we need to warn people. Uh, flee from the wrath that is to come, as John the Baptist said, and uh, be saved, as Peter said, from this evil generation. God, I agree with you, God's not going to save America, but he's going to save Americans. And so we preach the gospel and tell people to come to Jesus while there's still time. He is the ark of safety, and it hasn't started raining yet, but the rain is coming just like it was in Noah's day, and there is salvation only in Jesus, our ark of safety. Well, thank you for listening today to Real Truth for Today. Michael, I'm sorry I didn't get to your call, but uh, we'll be with you again tomorrow. Hey, go out, shine for Christ, and share what great things the Lord has done for you, and He will use you as His witness. God bless.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.